everybody. Hey, it's Heidi and Stefan. And you're listening to another episode of Ice Cream, Ice Cream Parlor, Parlor, the podcast. <laughs> so we've been missing for about a week. We skipped a week, so my bad. I had to do corporate shit. Uh, thank you, Stefan, for fitting that into your schedule. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. Well, you know, we're busy people. We have other things going on in our lives, and we're trying to uh, get an episode in every week. And if we can, we're going to try our best to stick to that schedule. Uh, but occasionally, you know, we might miss. Sometimes things happen. And so, yeah, we're catching up. We're catching up. So we're going to try to do, um, we'll try to double fist this one. <laughs> Right, so we'll record one and then another one. Um, but we do apologize sincerely. Uh, this like makes me happy, and it sucks that I haven't been able to do it in two weeks. So, well, it hurts me too. What have you been up to in these last two weeks? You want to let the people know? Well, I did corporate shit in Chicago. Yeah, I did um, family shit in Utah and Vegas, and then also. Uh, went and spent the re- weekend getting crispy in Palm Springs. Mm. <laughs> so I'm back. I see. You look like you have a little bit of a tan there. I'm browner than usual. <laughs> yes. There you go. <laughs> what about you? What have you been up to? Uh, yes. Same thing pretty much. I was busy with, um, you know, had to, my friend of mine from Florida came in town with his family. And so I spent some time uh, showing him all the sites and taking him around. Um, you know, I, I hit up a casino and played a few rounds of blackjack, you know, got a little lucky, beginner's luck maybe, but. <laughs> Did um, you double your money? I, I, I think I doubled it. I, <laughs> I think so. So next time, bet more than five bucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and other than that, um, yeah, I caught up with another friend of mine, uh, who also is really into horror movies and, um. Oh, that's right. Nick, right? Yeah, my He's friend Nick. He's going to be a guest on the show soon. Yeah, hopefully we could get him on here. He's uh, He and I used to watch a lot of horror movies when we were roommates, so um, I think he would be a good fit for uh, this podcast. But Cool. I have, um, I, have a buddy. I have a buddy that I want to bring on. He's like the master of everything that is the Alien franchise. So when oh, we get okay. to Alien, I want to bring him on. Also, he's like super David Lynch movies. So when we do Eraserhead, I'd like to bring him on as well. Oh, okay. Well, <clears throat> that sounds cool. It'd be nice to have a couple other guests in here. We can like kind of get somebody else's take on these movies as we're doing it. Yeah, ideally we're not recording in my bedroom at that time. We're recording in, this is your bedroom? I sleep here. Ooh. You see that mat on the floor? <laughs> uh-huh. I thought that was for the dogs. Ah, <laughs> uh, no. I, I actually live at my office. Gotcha. Which is why we're late. Uh-huh. Two weeks. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, enough messing around. Let's go ahead and uh, jump right into this one. We're... So this week's movie is The Motherfucking Omen. The Omen. The, the original Omen. One. The original Omen. And The Omen is a movie from 1976, and it was oh. released on 6 6 Oh, was it really? Yeah. They, they really played into that, huh? Absolutely. Cool. They sure did. So, so, 76, that's quite old. I mean, when did The Exorcist come out? Do you know? Off not the off the top of, of my head. Sure. Well, that's not important, but um, I feel like 76 was, you know, 
the 70s. It was disco. It was like YMCA. And everybody was like well, it promiscuous was- and, and, and uh, having fun with uh, more freedom, at least mental freedom, you know? Well, it was two years after Texas Chainsaw. Right. Right. Um, and the remake was in 2006. So that one came out in 2006. Oh. oh, okay. Yeah. So they kept it in yeah. they kept it in line. But anyway, um yeah, it was definitely the seventies. What else came out in the seventies? Um I, I don't know. I, I mean Pink Floyd and stuff like that. You know, it was like uh time for uh experimental I don't know. You're asking about what other horror movies came out in yeah. the seventies. <laughs> Not know. fucking mo- uh music. Although- yeah. Well, I'm just saying that the the, the times were it seemed like everybody was kind of having a party at that time. Well, isn't 70s. that the same as... Well, I could be totally wrong here. But isn't that um, also Manson? Manson Murders? Oh, yeah. That's right. That was probably the 70s. I think. Or maybe late 60s, 70s. I don't know. I have to look this up. We need to, like, Google shit while we're doing this. Yeah, we're not, I'm, not, I'm not set up for that right now. Yeah. Well, um, so it was directed by Richard Donner and written by David Seltzer, which... Is, sounds like delicious. Seltzer. Seltzer. It's like bubbly water. Like New York seltzer. <laughs> <laughs> um, it stars Gregory Peck, who plays Robert. He's the dad. Uh, Lee Remick, who's the mom. Her name is Kathy in the movie. And Harvey Stevens, who is Damien. 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 Mm hmm. And so the movie, so the synopsis is Robert and Kathy, who are the parents, are a happy fucking family, and they have a baby. And unbeknownst to them, it is the fucking Antichrist. Right. Right. So, I don't that. <clears throat> so we'll have to get into it to really figure out how that works, right? Yeah. But what part? So the the thing, the beauty about this movie is you're going through the movie like, is he really the Antichrist, or is this fucking family going insane? Right. Right. right? Because in the beginning of the movie, and we'll get into it, of course, but in the beginning of the movie, the dad, Gregory Peck's character, Robert, he gets this promotion to where he's the U.S. ambassador in the U.K., and it could all just be stress-induced psychosis. So if he, if, the, if, if she gives birth to the Antichrist, so does that mean that Robert's the devil? No. Oh, I must have this all wrong then. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't remember a whole lot about this movie. I also feel like this is another one of those that I probably think I've seen, but I may have not seen the original. I probably saw the remake, if that. I don't know. I have this vision in my head of this little kid that I feel like is in a lot of scary movies who always has kind of like an evil look on his face. That's more. That's most children. Yeah, I know. Um, Have you ever tried to make a kid leave the park? I don't try to make kids do anything. Let's get that straight. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I let them do their thing and I very rarely cross paths with them, if if ever at all. Why did I suddenly think, don't cross streams? (laughs) Well, at least we weren't crossing swords. So let's explore that. Why did that come to mind? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Sneaking in a little entourage reference here and there. <laughs> Jeez. I wonder if anybody's caught it yet. No, I don't think so. It's very subtle. <laughs> All right. So the movie is um, is a scary movie. Uh, well, yes, but it's like it's scary. It has like little scares where you're going to 
grab your partner tight, even though it's from the 70s. Um, it does have a few elements. I mean, usually anything like diabolical, anything that has to do with Satan and the devil and worship of said Satan, most people freak out about it. You know, like I, like The Exorcist, I'm not going to watch it until we're able to record an episode in the middle of the day um, because I get scared of it. Mm. Yeah. I wonder why that doesn't happen to me. That's because you've been desensitized probably since the womb. Um, I don't know, maybe. But uh, we were just watching, before we started this episode, we were watching some uh, YouTube videos of some like scary things caught on camera. And part of me so bad wants to be the guy that scares the shit out of people. <laughs> Have them running away like... Meanwhile, I'm watching this fucking shit and I, gr- I I dig my claws into his arm because I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. And I actually told Stefan, don't scare me right now because I felt like you were going to like bust an asshole move like ah uh, like how i jumped out from the uh behind we, a rock we, wow, we saying, went on a papa f- we went on a fucking hike <laughs> and he disappears and he's like in front of me and i'm like you know talking you know to whoever was with me at the time and we're walking up and suddenly out of behind of this fucking boulder this asshole jumps up and he goes papa jupe papa jupe papa jupe which is a hills have eyes reference um but what scared me the most is that he jumps out into the middle of this, quote, path that's only like, I don't know, four feet across. And at the end, it's at, on the other side, it's this fucking... A ledge. It's a fucking yeah, cliff. Yeah, a drop off. You... <laughs> I was going to you catch you if you... Di- no, you would have died. I'm fine. Oh. I'm like a fucking mountain goat. I <laughs> <laughs> would have been all right. I thought it was funny that the guy who was hiking behind us happened to see and started yeah. laughing as he passed by. He was by. laughing at me, whatever. <laughs> so that happened. <laughs> I don't know. I just like, uh, I feel like it's, it's, it would be completely hilarious to like be in an abandoned building before some weary, uh, unsuspecting explorers came along thinking that they were going to find some ghost or whatever. And then out of nowhere, I just start banging on the walls and making crazy noises and then they get scared and run off oh, that'd be so cool <laughs> yeah you would you know what i should do i should work at horror nights that's sort of what that is right horror nights you should yeah. do that too yeah halloween horror nights you know oh. or, or a haunted house type of thing where yeah. you, you know because I, I think i would so get a thrill out of that the, so the first time i went to um horror nights was uh, um i don't know maybe like five years ago i know with my friend marisol and it's because this guy got me tickets to go. He and I were going to go. And then I don't know what happened and we didn't talk anymore, but he had made the mistake of having those tickets sent to my email address. Oh, wow. So I took Marisol. So you only went like five years ago, but they've had horror nights out here for a lot longer than that. No? Yeah, but I've also been a mother for most of that time that okay. they've had it. All right. So um, I won't hold it against you. Great. Thanks. Here's the thing. Um, it was really hard for me to get a sitter. I have no help. You know, just me and the kids. So I think they have an app for that now. Uh, that's, it's called wag. That's not how I was going to say, that's not how you use wag. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, so the first time I went to see it, it was, uh, one of the walking dead like years or whatever. And, um, they take me, they they took us on a trolley or the tram or whatever the fuck it's called down to the bottom of this, like, you know, this hill, like, which is like the starting point or whatever. And, they let us out and we have to like make it back, which is why I have that wonderful picture of me getting my throat 
slit by Norman Bates in front oh, of the house. Oh, yeah, right? that's right. I remember you showing me that. Yeah. So then, um, so we're walking up and then they're not supposed to touch you, but this guy kept like pulling on the back of my boot. And I swear, I think that somebody I fucking know that was pretending, who was like pretending oh. to be a murderer or something, they're not supposed to get you. He's like, just you're like, so imagine, you know, in the back of your docks, there's like that little tab. Mm. Like imagine him just pulling on that as you're walking. Was he like on his hands or knees and something? No, he would just bend over and just flick me. Oh, I don't know. It just seems like very low to the ground to be grabbing the back of a tag on a boot. They were, I mean, they're tall boots, but still. Sure. But, um, but yeah, so then that happened. And then, but then the second time that I went was they had like the child's play, the seat of Chucky that was there. Oh. And then yeah, that's when they had like those six foot Chucky dolls. And I'm like, this is stupid. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually went to Horror Nights many, many years ago. And then I stopped going um, in more of the recent years because it just kept getting a little lamer and lamer every year, meaning they were like watering it down. Like the first couple years I went, it was a little bit scarier and the rules were a little bit looser like yeah they're not supposed to touch you or this and that but i feel like that uh the first couple years it was a little bit you know just a little overboard we actually in orlando where i'm from used to have this thing called terror on church street which was not a hollow it was all year round so it wasn't just at halloween time and it was actually so super scary and they the rules were very loose where they technically would touch you and grab you and get up all in your face and everything but it was so it was so scary that i think they ended up shutting it down um but that was something that was a big thing for a while it was called terror on church street and uh yeah anyways that's uh it's fun i mean horror nights like i said got watered down pretty quickly and then on top of that the lines are just too long you wait like over an hour to get into a, a, a haunted house that takes like two, two not even two minutes to get out of whatever. well so well, i think what we did what well, no we didn't get in front of the line passes or anything like that but i think we went like early enough to where there weren't huge lines for them like we had we knew we weren't going to do the whole thing because there are fucking incredibly long lines but we knew that we wanted to do this, this, this. So the last one was like, we want to do the tra- the tram. We want to do Ash versus the Evil Dead. And we want to do um, American Horror Story. And there was something else. I don't remember what it was. But we did go down well, to the whole tram ride. And you you pass the Chuckies. And then you see some other stuff, some other things. And I made a love connection. <laughs> With who? With Leatherface. So... What happened was... Oh, he was just out walking the streets? Well, no. So we're walk, making our way back up to the main part of the park after they drop you off, right? And I'm walking up um, to this point where they're kind of herding you into a slaughterhouse. Like, you know, you're being led to your death, right? And then from the top comes Leatherface. But there's, like, different ones there. And they he just, like, tries to get you with the chainsaw. But you're, like, you know, you're, like... Um, animals or whatever and so he's like trying to and then at one point there wasn't anybody there and then I happened to look up at the same time Leatherface looked down and then he didn't even move his chainsaw he just looked at me and I looked at him and our hearts became one and we decided this love is too pure for this world and I just kept walking oh did like the uh, Titanic theme start playing in the background or something (laughs) fuck that movie (laughs) I like how we're talking about Halloween related things in like the middle of June or whatever month it is right now. Well, it's almost time for, you know, the most wonderful time of the year, which is June through October. Okay. Which is horror season. 
I don't know. I didn't. That's why you know what came out today. One. Three from Hell trailer yeah. came out today. Cool. So I mean, it's yeah. That that's one we'll it begins. end up watching sooner or later. I, I wanted to say something else about Horror Nights real quick too, because you reminded me of something. I, I went so many times. With different you also fell of, in love with other movies. No, no, I didn't. But um, um, I usually was the per. I'm the person that people make go first because obviously. I don't scare easy and they look at me as the leader. So but what they don't know in Horror Nights is that technically going first isn't the worst because you kind of pass sometimes some of the monsters or creatures that are like on the sidewalls or come out from behind you. So speaking of coming out from behind somebody, what happened one year, I was the leader. We entered the haunted house and the first monster that came out to scare us, that was a sip, some, it was like that. Like they came out the side and my, uh, the people behind me got scared. And so I just for fun started going fast, like kind of trying to lose them. So I started running oh, off no. and all I, I saw like something to the left. So I thought, okay, here's the door. So I quickly busted a left and all of a sudden, I realized that I'm standing directly behind the guy who's dressed up who just scared us. He went back into his <laughs> hiding spot and we were supposed to basically go off to the right. The rest of my party did because they didn't see me. Here I made a left and I'm standing right behind the guy. He's getting ready to scare the next group of people. And basically you scared I him? scared him <laughs> and then jumped through the opening. And the next group of people that were coming in before they even stepped one foot in, I'm flying out of this hole going, ah! And they saw me and jumped 10 feet back. And then I just took a left and ended up running behind my party. And now I was behind them. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny as hell. That sounds so, funny. <laughs> yes, it was. It was the best. Well, my, well, I usually push Marisol first. Like she's fine with it. She doesn't get as scared as I do, or she holds it in really well. But whenever we're going through a maze, I'm like mm, directing her. <laughs> like I hold her arm, and I'm like, "You go that way." No, you're good. Okay, then I can go that way. Like, oh, you're still alive. Um, oh, the scariest one for me last year was. Um, there were these bodies hanging off of meat hooks and you had to kind of walk through them. Mm -hmm. That was the hard one for me because then you're kind of, you have to push, push the dead them. body aside and I'm like, oh my God, I can't do it. Was one of them a person? I mean, they were all quote people. No, I know. But I mean, it would be funny mm -hmm. if they actually had there somebody, was somebody suspended on the there side. and then just started wiggling. There was somebody on the side. That's yeah. what it was. But yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Oh, another funny thing about Horror Nights, the very first year I went, because, you know, it's Universal Studios. And back then there were, had problems with licensing movie monsters. I swear, I, bullshit you not. I was super young, maybe like freshman in high school, whatever. They had a Freddy Krueger with a blue and black sweater because they couldn't have the real Freddy Krueger. No, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. It was like a Freddy monster, but it wasn't so really Freddy because, or, or it was just minus the, the, the proper colors. And I was just like, that's fucking strange. Uh, but the best part about the Horror Nights that I remember was the Beetlejuice show and the Bill and Ted show. Did they have those out here? I don't know. I don't go to theme parks. Uh, but it's it's only for ha Halloween Horror Nights. They don't oh, do them. Oh, well, then I didn't see it. So those are the two best shows. Um, I can't remember if Beetlejuice got taken over by the Bill and Ted show or if there were two separate shows that would run during the same time. But the Beetlejuice show was hilarious. And the Bill and Ted show, uh, same thing. So in a nutshell, what they were, what they would be, they'd take like whatever was popular that year, the top 
you know, movies or whatever, and they'd theme this show around them. So, for example, one year The Matrix was out. They obviously had, like, the Bill and Ted had to go through this, you know, however they've set up those shows where there's a villain, there's a situation, whatever, and then they were going back in time to get people to fight, whatever, and then there was, you know, um, The Matrix people. I think one year they had, like, The Terminator. Like, they just have all these – it's just funny. It's hilarious. It's um, It's not really scary, per se. But it's just a very fun, entertaining show. I don't know. The thing I did remember about Universal that I like a lot that nobody else liked was the Waterworld show. Oh, yeah. That that was very old as well. And I think got replaced pretty quickly, if I remember correctly. I, I love Waterworld. Nobody <laughs> likes Waterworld. I love Waterworld. A lot of people don't, but... You know, we've got a really off topic. We're not talking about the omen at all here. Maybe because <laughs> I'm like avoiding talking about the devil. <laughs> okay. Well, the devil's my best friend. So let's go ahead and talk about him. I'm telling Nick you said that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's go do this. All right. We're just going to jump into watching this thing. Let's go do it. All right. Do, we'll be right do, back. Is there anything else about the movie you wanted to say before we cut out? There's a curse, but we'll talk about that later. Oh, okay. All right. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. For generations, the Thorns have been a family of tremendous wealth, position, and power. The perfect marriage of Ambassador Robert Thorne and his wife, Catherine, was fulfilled by the birth of their son, Damien. And then, when the child was five years old, Something terrible happened. And then it happened again. Was it an accident? Was it murder? Was it a coincidence? Or was it an omen? Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. 20th Century Fox presents a film of psychological suspense about an occurrence of earth-shaking importance. Gregory Peck, Lee Remick, The Omen. I was at the hospital, Mr. Thorne, the night your son was born. I saw its mother. I saw its mother. I have fears. I have such fears. Kind of fears. It's mother, Mr. Thorne. You saw my wife. It's mother. What is it you're trying to say? His mother was a... This is not a human child. Make no mistake. There are those who will die for him. There are those who will kill for him. Who is he? What does he want? Where did he come from? And can he be stopped? Gregory Peck, Lee Remick, The Omen. If this is the truth, where does it end? we're back and we're back that was a good movie well no shit <laughs> <laughs> well um 
Yeah, I have a lot to talk about. All I'm, right. I'm sure you do too. Yes. So where do you want to start? Well, the opening scene. Um, that song, that the opening song is so fucking catchy um, that I had to figure out what it said. And it's this, you know, like, what are those churchy songs? Like hymns? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so religious. <laughs> hymns, yeah. And it's it's called um, Ave Satanim. Which translates to The Devil Went Down to Georgia. Almost. It says Hell Satan. <laughs> but the song is Sanguis Bibimus Corpus Edimus Tole Corpus Satani. Which is Latin for, we drink the blood, we eat the flesh, raise the body of Satan. And sprinkled in is Ave Satani and Ave Versus Christius, which is Hail Satan and Hail the Antichrist. Okay. So if you don't hear from us after this episode, I just summoned something on accident. So You'll hear from me after this episode. I don't know about Heidi, but... <laughs> <laughs> so... um. And the movie also never actually says that there's an omen or an omen isn't referenced. It's all just... Um, what does the word omen actually mean if you look it up in the dictionary? Can we do that real quick? I'm just curious because I feel like it's a word that I don't well, know, but I know that it has significance to like the devil or well, um, something like Yeah. No, an omen is anything perceived or happening that is believed to portend a good or evil event or circumstance in the future. So really, it's like... Um, oh, yeah, you could have a good omen or yeah. a bad omen. Yeah. So yeah. this is a bad omen. Yeah. Well, yeah. And um, there are a lot of things relating to the devil and Satan in the movie, other than the obvious, but there's 666, there's um, all of the deaths that happen, and all of those are kind of in place to see, to have you conclude whether or not it is in their head or if it's actually the Antichrist. Gotcha. gotcha. Mm -hmm. And so speaking of 666, the movie does start off where they're in Rome and it's June 6th at 6 a.m., right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, were they in a hospital? Yeah, okay. So let's go into the movie. Let's get into it. So the movie starts with a rainy fucking day and we're at a hospital, but like one of those super like the, the hospital looks like a Catholic church. Um, in well, fact, in the doc <laughs> when in Rome, when in Rome, <laughs> give birth to the Antichrist. Um, so the, um, the, so the church is like this, like super gorgeous well, church. It looks like a fucking church. It's yeah. a hospital. Cathedral but it's a church. type of church. Yeah, I mean, cathedral. Yeah. That's what it is. Jeez, I should probably learn about Christianity and Catholicism. Nah, it's okay. a waste of time. All right. So, <laughs> so you won't hear from Stefan after this. Yes, we will. So, the, the problem is that it's super rainy, it's super dark, whatever. Robert, who is the Gregory Peck character, is advised by one of the priest doctors. Uh huh. Did I say something wrong? Because you just looked at me like I punched your mother. <laughs> I don't know the Gregory Peck character. I, I guess that makes Gregory sense. Peck's character Robert. <laughs> okay, yeah. Go he ahead. is informed by the doctor, who's also a priest. Yes. Uh, who's? How do those work? Anyway, be, you would need to have science to be a doctor. 
Uh, oh, okay. Don't get into that because there's uh, that's a whole another topic for a whole another conversation, I guess. Don't okay. So the doctor tells him your baby died like it's a stillborn. Sucks to be you, bro. Right. But then he goes, but I have good news. We have a spare baby. Supposedly, the mother of this child died giving birth. He tells Robert, do you want to adopt it? And you know what Robert does? The old switcheroo doesn't tell Kathy, his wife, mm-hmm. that this is not her child. Because she wanted a baby for so long. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously he wanted a kid too. So I guess he thought, yeah, the switcheroo would work, I guess. Right? Yeah, I think so. So that happens. And she's happy. You see her holding the baby and, you know, nothing bad yet. Then we see the child is older and Robert comes home to tell his wife that he's now the ambassador to Great Britain. Right. The appointed ambassador to Great Britain. And that they're moving the next day. Mm-hmm. Which is great. So they move. Next thing you know, everything else is in Great Britain. Um, and so there are all these picturesque, like, oh, we're finding a house. Let's let's go house shopping and ooh, let's close the door let's close the doors and the blinds because the bed is gonna go here when we move in. Brown chicken, brown cow. <laughs> right. So <laughs> all of that is happening and then there's this idyllic idyllic walk by the lake and we find out that Robert is going to be out of town for a while. Right. And um and they're talking and they're kissing and being all lovey dovey and then they turn around and Damien is fucking missing. <laughs> yeah. We watch a lot of movies all of a sudden I realize where the kid just, you know, the parents aren't paying attention and the kid just sort of wanders off. Maybe only one movie, but... But, I mean, a lot of them have the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so they're, they freak out and then he's just happily hiding behind a tree. But that's where I was like, watch a fucking child. <laughs> like, I know you just got to this country and you haven't hired a sitter yet, but God damn it, it's been the day. Rich, so. entitled people always losing <laughs> their kids. <laughs> All right, then it's Damien's fifth birthday, and it's this grand fucking event. There's carousel, there's, you know, there, there, there's like rides, there's ponies, there's a train, and there's a mini roller coaster. There's like all this fucking, there's all this fucking shit happening. Of course, Damien is now with the nanny. Yep. And so the nanny... Um, is, you know, doing what nannies do. I used to be a fucking nanny. I used to be a nanny for the fucking rich and famous. Oh, really? Yeah. And so that was when my kids were little because that's the hours I could work. (laughs) And they do that all the time. You have a party and guess what? You're the one playing with somebody's kids and everybody else's kids while the adults are drinking drinking, and whatever. And that's fine. But that's just, that's just how it is. Rich and titled people. (laughs) I mean, it's not just the rich. Like, I know when we have, you know, my brown parties, you know, for my family back back in Las Vegas, the kids generally take care of themselves. You get the older ones who watch the, all the other ones, and then you kind of just do your thing, catch up, right? That's just what parties are. That's why you have entertainment for the children. So, in this party, Kathy, the mom, she's, like, entertaining people, but she notices that the nanny who's holding Damien is getting all the pictures taken with him because the photographers are taking pictures of Damien mm. for his birthday. So she's like, mm, and tells the nanny, I'll just take him. Right. But she, I, I, but you can see it, and there's a moment where she's like, she's getting all the attention. Right, yeah. So I'm like, hmm. 
Now, at this point in time, when we see photographers, I got a little excited because I noticed that the main photographer... um, Jennings. Jennings, yes. He, little tidbitty fact, is the scientist from Ninja Turtles 2 Secret of the Ooze. Which is my favorite Ninja Turtle movie. (laughs) It's not mine. The first one is way better than it. The second one's real kitty. But as a kid, it was awesome. (laughs) I I remember... Secret of the Ooze a lot more than I do the other ones. Yeah, you got to go back and watch them. The first one is dark. The first yes, one is... Yes, I remember that. Cool. Is the second one with Casey Jones? The second one... Uh, no, the first one's with Casey okay. Jones. But the second one is so opposite of it. I'll just give you a tidbit on that movie. Because of Bebop and uh, Rocksteady? No, not just... If you... So, the first movie, obviously, there's a lot of fighting and they have weapons, right? Uh-huh. If you go back and watch Secret of the Ooze, you'll realize they, they never use the, use the weapons right. at all. And, and even the opening fight scene, they're in like a toy store. Boxing with the yeah, clown. Yeah, the clown yeah. and all that nonsense. And, and and even Michelangelo uses cold cuts for his nunchucks. He doesn't use the real nunchucks. And the one time you see Leonardo use his sword, he flings it up into the wall and the ceiling. And he jumps up to grab on and then kicks the guy. But they never use the weapons so they just because they got so much heat from the first one being so like dark compared to the t- the cartoon that the second one had to be watered down gotcha but anyways kind of like avatar the last airbender was a great great fucking show and then they fucked it up and they made it a movie <laughs> well that's because m night Shyamalan wanted to put a twist on it he was like making it authentic <laughs> but the show is i was just the joking because he puts a beauty twist ending I, I got it i understand it this dude <laughs> i know <laughs> but I know. He, the show's beauty and the thing that made it so amazing was because they were all still kids in his movie they're adults and they're not supposed to be adults the part of it is they get into all these fucking adventures because they still think like children mm. anyway back to the omen Yes, back to the omen. <laughs> so, so the mom has Damien, the nanny goes off and do, does whatever, but that's when Damien has his first run-in with a Rottweiler. And the Rottweiler He's is just, just staring at him yeah, from a distance. Just hanging out. And Damien kind of waves to him. Yeah. And that's when you're like, mm, something's yeah. up here. Right, who's random Rottweiler is just hanging out at the party, not on a leash, but he's just like chilling under a tree or something like that, right? Absolutely. So... so Next thing you know, the nanny is calling Damien from a top window. Right. She's saying, Damien, Damien, and finally all the attention's to her. I'm doing this for you, Damien. And she flings herself out of the fucking window and her neck snaps because she's got a a noose on. And she's dead. Yeah, did she hit a window and break the window or something yeah. like that? Yeah. But and so without even any reason, we don't know what the heck's going on. It's just we I'm doing this for you. Boom and she's dead. And yeah. it's like and um, the photographers are taking pictures. Pit the pictures, kids are running. Yeah. Everybody's in a panic. Yep. So then after after that scene, um, after that scene, um it's Robert going into his embassy or whatever. And he find we find out, oh, he crashes into Jennings who was a photographer at his party mm-hmm. and he accidentally knocks his camera on the floor and he's like hey i owe you one right he goes upstairs because father brennan is visiting him yes good old father brennan <laughs> <laughs> so uh the father comes to warn him right mm-hmm. and he basically is trying to tell him that he has to take uh, or the kid has to take is it him somebody has to take communion and i don't really even know what that is because i wasn't brought up and yeah I- and I would explain what I know about it, but it's probably wrong. Yeah. But he says he must defeat the son of the devil only through Christ 
will you fight him? So he's basically telling Robert that he needs to get good with God because he's got a lot of work to do. Right. And Robert doesn't even know what the he's hell like he's talking about. He's like super dismissive. <laughs> and then Father Brennan says, I saw his mother. His mother was a jet. And then he gets taken out by security. His so, mother was a what? A jet. A jet. That's all? That's all we get. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then so, the, what was the photographer's name? Jennings, Jennings. right? Yeah. So I'm not sure if it's right after or whatever, but basically we see that he starts developing pictures that he took from that day, right? Yeah. Is um, there anything that happened between that before we get to the picture part? Well, he takes pictures of Father, Bre- Father Brennan fun, right. leaving the embassy. Mm-hmm. Then um, back at the Thorn residence, we meet Mrs. Baylock. Yes. Who has a fucking badass name. And I call her, ba- I'm going to call her Baylock from here on out. Yeah, she's the new nanny, basically, right? Yeah. And she kind of does this thing, kind of like Mary Poppins, like, oh, yes, of course, I'm starting. Of course, I was hired, like, all <laughs> fucking legit. Like, of course, I will take your son now. And she fucking Mary Poppins in the most evil way ever. Yeah, yeah. She's, she basically comes to protect Damien, but we don't really know that yet. Right. Um... Who knows where she came from, but she's like, oh, I have my references, whatever. (laughs) Um, And she says, have no fear, little one. I am here to protect thee, is what she tells Damien when she sees him. Protect thee. And yeah, that's how you know it's legit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then uh, Damien smiles his creepy smile. Yeah. Because he's a creepy ass fucking kid. He is creepy. He's not as creepy as the kid that I keep remembering, which is... I can't, I don't know. This kid's been in like a bunch of horror movies, but he just is like an evil looking little kid. So interesting fact about how Damien was cast is um, they like went to school. They went like they went through so many kids to try to find somebody and they couldn't find somebody. They liked Damien, but he's actually blonde. They like what is his name? Harvey. They liked him, but he's blonde. And so they dyed his hair, find whatever. But in order to get cast, the director had all these kids like just come at him like. Because there's a scene where Damien goes fucking bonkers. So, yeah, he was like, come at me, come at me. And Damien, <laughs> come like, at me, bro. <laughs> punched him in the nuts or something like that. Like, something, like, so, like, like, ah. Yeah. And he's like, that's the guy. Put contacts in, dye his hair. That's how you and, do and it. And that's how he got the part. That's how you do it. Because he was the most vicious. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that reminds me of something that happened in The Sopranos, but I don't want to get into that right now. Well, what part? It was just the pilot episode where... Uh, Christopher comes to Tony and tells him, I could go to, uh, you know, sell my life story and go move out to Hollywood and do whatever. And there, and then like Tony slaps the beer bottle out of his hand and grabs him and throws him against the wall. And he, um, in the script, it was, it was just said that Tony would react, but the whole slapping of the beer bottle, grabbing Christopher, pinning him against the wall and yelling at him and whatever, smacking him around was just James Gandolfini, rest in peace, being in the character in the moment. And uh, that's when the director knew, like, yeah, we got the right guy for this. Good. Yeah. As you were telling me that, I like pictured it and I remembered it and my heart got mm. warm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyways. Um, so um, sometime later. Um, the Thorne family goes to a wedding and they're getting ready to go. And Kathy is telling Mrs. Baylock, why is he not fucking ready yet? Get his fucking shoes on, asshole. But not in those words. She's a little bit nicer than I am. Right. Um, and Mrs. Baylock was like, oh, I think he, I don't think that's a good place for him because the wedding's at a fucking church. Right. 
Yeah. So, um, but Kathy puts her foot down and she's like, my fucking child. Miss Baylock's probably like, no, motherfucker, he's not. <laughs> but, <laughs> so they go to the wedding and as they approach the church, like they can see the steeple or whatever mm-hmm. it's called. And you can see the church and Damien starts getting visibly Yeah, he distraught. starts freaking out. He's like freaking out and... um. Kathy's like, I think he's sick. And he's like, I, he's shivering and whatever. And they finally get to the church. The bells ring. The door opens to the car. Somebody opens the car. And this is the part that got him the part. He fucking goes crazy. He starts beating his mother. He starts screaming and fighting yeah, and he's like grabbing her and hair off and, and yeah, it's... attacking her because he does not want to go into that church. Right. So they drive off. And the photographer is there again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Must be like the only photographer in this town. Yeah. <laughs> or or maybe he's like the official ambassador photographer. Yeah, maybe he works for the local paper or something. Who knows? I don't know. The Daily Sun. <laughs> the Desert Sun. <laughs> <laughs> that later that night we the find... Daily Sun is the British publication though. <laughs> Page three. <laughs> I don't know what you're saying. That later that night we hear that. Robert's getting a little concerned because he's like, he's uh, telling Kathy, you know, you think he's sick, whatever. She's like, no, he's never been sick. And then he's like, he's never been sick a day in his life. Isn't that abnormal? Well, yeah, especially children. They, they, they no, t- I know. I'm saying that's what he said. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I know kids get sick. I have two fucking kids. <laughs> then, you know, he's like, uh, she's getting ready for bed, and he's like, oh, I'm going to wander a bit. And he goes, and he runs into a Rottweiler. Mm-hmm. And that's when, you know, he we realizes there's a dog inside. Miss Baylock is like, oh, Damien likes him. And he's like, you get rid of that dog. Yeah, he was like, like, whoa, bitch, what did you bring this dog into my house for? Like, Well, I would have said the same thing. <laughs> it's a fucking scary-ass Rottweiler. Like, not a puppy. It's a full-grown dog. Yeah. And it's but barking not only at that, him, but, too. Yeah. And then also this random stranger who randomly showed up suddenly has a dog living right. there. Like, you have to... She, that's just, like, normal people like rules. Don't just bring right. a random dog into my house. house. She tries to play it off by saying, oh, don't you see how much of a good guard dog he is? He, like, scared you, didn't he? So think about it. He'll scare off other intruders. It's like, yeah. no, man, this is my house. I paid a lot of money for it. And this dog is in the house. What nice the try, Baylock. <laughs> Also, I want to say, like, why do you think they picked a Rottweiler? Because it looks evil. Does it, though? I, I don't I know. I think just because great. they look ferocious. Um, the the dogs, um, when they were actually filming, they had a hard time because uh, they were always wanting to lick people and give people mm-hmm. kisses. But they're, they just looked vicious. I don't know why they picked Rottweilers. But I do know that sales in Rottweilers spiked after the movie came out. Oh, really? Yeah. I know that Rottweilers were used in the Roman Empire. Like the Roman army used Rottweilers as their guard dog of choice. Because they protected Satan? No, I I just, that was their, I don't know. But they are very loyal dogs to their owners and they're very protective. But all dogs are. They're such good boys. They are, but I don't know. I'm just saying that. I wonder if being that the movie does have some scenes in Rome and it's based around like Catholicism, all that kind of stuff. I wonder if any of that has to do with them picking the wrong well, It also is a bigger dog, which <laughs> is intimidating. You know, uh, Dobermans are kind of skinny, so they kind of seem like they might, I don't know. I just feel like, yeah, it's a bigger dog. That's 
sort of intimidating. Yeah, I remember um, as a kid, you didn't want to get close to a Rottweiler, but it may have been because of this movie. Right. I, th- um, I was thinking that too. Like actually. pit bulls. I mean, I'm brown and I'm from South Central. Pit bulls, everybody has a pit bull. Yeah. But uh, Rottweilers, you didn't want to get close to them. And then um, I just thought they were called Rockweilers, <laughs> which is why there's the Red Man, Method Man song, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, I do know the song, but <laughs> that, that song came out when we were in high school. I'm sure you, somewhere between then and nope. high school. Okay. <laughs> so you were... I'm not afraid to admit that I didn't know something. All right. Well, anyways, um, I found it kind of cool that they used the Rottweiler. Um, and I was just thinking about that the whole time. Maybe it had something to tie into like the Roman aspect of it all. Maybe. But... Anyway, so, um, yeah, so they now have this big-ass crazy dog in their house that's very ferocious looking. And um, what's his name, Richard? Robert. Robert's not uh, having it. Right. So he tells her, get the fucking dog out of my house, like, right away. Mm -hmm. And she's like, okay, I'll call the pound or whatever the fuck. Whatever British people do. Yeah. Um, the next so, day at a safari park, yeah, so now, Kathy and Damien are going to go to um, the most amazing zoo I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it's called the Windsor Safari Park. It's like in San Diego where you can, like the wild animal park. Yeah, I think they used to do this a lot where, because it's like um, you drive your own car and you're like there in the middle of the animals and they tell you like roll up your windows and don't stop your engine or whatever and just you know now i think they do that in some places where it's a little bit more protective but back then it just maybe thought that it would be fun to drive your car around where wild animals were right Um, i wouldn't do that yeah it doesn't really go that well for them well so she the first thing they do when they get there is they buy ice cream and damien is eating his ice cream and then the giraffes see him and they fucking run they away They run they haul ass and, and kathy's like that's weird yeah. and that's when she's starting to get a little suspicious she's yeah. like that's fucking weird it's also weird to watch giraffes run have you have you noticed that how they, they like, they're kind very of awkward awkward looking yeah <laughs> <laughs> they're a whole lot of body a whole lot of nick i thought you said nick nick josie wants to come inside well, we're recording right now, so. Sorry, Josie. Then they drive through the safari park in their own car. And they're like little Mercedes, whatever, quintessential Mercedes, right? Um, and they stop at the baboons. They mm-hmm. want to see the monkeys. So they, the baboons start reacting crazy. So fucking crazy. Yes. I think it's because they have severe like ass itch because <laughs> their butts are red <laughs> <laughs> right they need some toilet paper up in there <laughs> or a bidet or something they're not washing their ass properly i mean out of all the monkeys why the hell are their asses all red well their asses get red when they're in heat i should have said primates because who knows monkeys bab i don't know there's some technicalities we're not scientists up in this bitch but oh you're not okay so here's the thing I was traveling for this whole time, and let me tell you, I loved coming home, seeing the cat, seeing the dogs, being in my own bed, but there's nothing like coming home to your bidet. Mm. Fancy schmancy. It's not fancy. It was like 30 bucks on Amazon. (laughs) (laughs) 
Like, there's nothing like it. Okay. Anyway, now that I talked about my ass. <laughs> so, the monk, so the baboons, they see Damien and they start fucking screeching and attacking. They swarm the car. Kathy's fucking terrified. Mm-hmm. Damien's a little scared. And they're fucking attacking the fucking car. Finally, Kathy gets in her mind, oh, I'm in a car. I can fucking drive away. And they fucking drive away. Yeah. So do you think the baboons were like, so we, we just said Damien was a little scared. The, the Kathy and Robert were scared, but they were Damien. The, the, Robert wasn't there. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying, like, do you think that the monkeys were trying to help Damien, like, get out and escape? Or were they, because they, I don't think they were trying to attack him. I think, if anything, they were trying to attack Kathy or whatever. I think that they were mostly supposed to be the, oh, shit, you're the devil. I'm attacking you. Oh, so do you think that they were, like, noticing that this is the Antichrist here and they were just, like, as if it was, like, maybe, like, a big giant predator in their turf. Uh They were, like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. And the way they got the scene filmed, they took, um, like, there's there's conflicting stories, but I'll go with the one that I feel is more plausible. They took one of the dominant uh, baboons and put it in the backseat of the car. <laughs> with, the, like, separate, I mean, that would be, I don't know. I'd like that to see would that would cause that scene. Yeah. Because one of, the, one of the things I said was the baby, but they wouldn't have done that with a the baby. They would have been like, you know, they probably would have done something, but probably not that. Mm-hmm. It was so severe. It was actually a pretty scary scene. Well, yeah, those, those things would tear you apart. I'd be baboons and some like chimpanzees and yeah, stuff. So they could get violent. They, baboons are strong enough where they can rip your rib cage open. Yeah, they're fucking That's the violent. only thing I know other than the butt thing gotcha. about baboons. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyways, they get super scared and um, they drive off. Yeah. And, and then um, that night, uh, Kathy's telling Robert what happened. And then he's like, does you think there's something wrong with our yeah, kid? Yeah, they start to get really worried for a second. Yeah. And that's when... Um, Kathy says something that I will never forget in my life. What did she say? (laughs) She said, what could be wrong with our child? We're beautiful people, aren't we? (laughs) Um, Yeah, because that's everything to fucking do with it. Right. Yeah. Uh, But they realize something's up and she thinks it's her. So she's like, I need a therapist. And he's like, I'll get you a therapist, which is very progressive because it's the 70s and nobody went to therapists. So the next day we're at a rugby match. Who's yeah. there? The priest, Brennan, mm-hmm. Father Brennan. Mm-hmm. What I, I don't know. I wish I knew more about religion. Uh, Father Brennan, Jennings, the photographer, and Robert. Yeah, the whole crew. And the whole crew. <laughs> <laughs> and the photographer is there, you know, just taking pictures of the match, takes pictures of Father Brennan and Robert. But the priest tells him, tells Robert right. to meet him one last time. At this certain location, and then he will leave him the fuck alone. Right. I think he even goes as far as telling him that you have to come because your wife will die and she's in danger or something like that. No, he says it's a sa- it's a safety matter or something like that. That's what he tells him when he meets him. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry, jumping ahead. That's okay. So he meets uh, Robert meets the priest in the um, no, and then we see the photographer takes his film to be developed in his little what is it called in his dark room. Yeah, see... That's when he see them. Okay. And he's... Can I just say something that we're going to edit probably? I have that part before I wrote down photographer develops pictures. So chronologically, I think he did tell you that first. Okay, so maybe he said it. I could be wrong. Okay. We don't have to edit that. Okay. I can be wrong. So then the photographer is um, 
going over his pictures and he noticed that there's a flaw in the images. And he's like, this is fucking weird. Mm-hmm. So then, but we, we think of nothing of it. Yeah, we Robert, don't get a good glimpse of the pictures mm-hmm. either, so we don't know yet. So Robert meets the priest at the park and the priest tells him that the book of Revelations said the Antichrist is his kid. And um, he wants to send him to Bogenhagen. 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 Who is this guy who will tell him how he how he will kill his son. Because, and I quote, Your son is the devil. He'll kill your unborn child. Then he will kill your wife. Yeah, basically that's what he tells him. Um, he's also this poem that also comes out where it says something about the Jews return to Zion. And it's this... It was the Book of Revelations or something like that. I didn't write down what the whole poem was, but there was yeah, a poem well, that... Yeah, well, I'm not Jewish, but I went to Zion last week. Yeah, a national park? Yes, in Utah. Oh, okay. It was nice. Yeah? Everything was red. Red? Red rocks? Yeah. Gotcha. Red like the devil? Yes. <laughs> Okay, well, um, yeah, so in a nutshell, we've got the priest basically warning Robert, tells him that he's got to kill the kid. Um, he gives him all the information he can, he, and, yeah. but Robert's like, dude, he's, what the fuck? Right. Essentially, he's telling him you got to go to Bugenhagen, this, this guy, to go really get the... Right. So that the, poem the is answer. supposedly in Revelations, but it's not. It's something that was made up by the writers. It's not actually in oh. Revelations. Okay. Like, other parts are in Revelations, like, they're, you know, some of the things referenced, but that poem specifically is not. Um, uh, Robert Leaves. Then the priest is just sitting there at the park bench where they met, and the wind starts getting all fucking oh. crazy. Yeah, the wind starts picking up. And the priest gets scared, and he starts, like, walking away. He even leaves his hat on the bench. Yeah. Do you think that was, like, I mean, it was really windy. Like, was that, yeah, it must be movie-wise. They must have, like, used giant fans or something or whatever to get the wind. Because it was, like, almost like they were filming in the middle of a hurricane or something. Yeah, the winds got really fucking crazy, and the the... Further away, um, the further the priest walks, the crazier the wind gets. At one point, lightning strikes a tree and the mm-hmm. tree breaks in half. Yeah. And he's like, oh, look at it. And he starts running towards the gate of his church. Mm-hmm. And he run, goes to the gate of, his, of the church that's there or the church that's nearby. And he's the gate is locked. Yep. And he's like, oh, shit. And he keeps going the... Um, and, and he jumps the, the fence. He goes to the front doors of the church and the doors are locked. And he's banging on it. I didn't know churches locked their doors. Um, I mean, yeah. I, I kind of know. Especially in the 70s. I don't know. Yeah. I kind of know. Okay, so <laughs> when I was a kid, the church that I used to go to, because I was raised Catholic, it, bur- it was burned down twice. <laughs> so I can understand why they lock the doors. Right. But yeah. um, I didn't know that they were allowed to like super like just lock everything down. I thought it was like, um, like you yeah. know, always open all the time. I, yeah, I kind of get that impression too. Like, because, you know, like you might see like some movie where somebody goes to the, you know, a church out of, you know, the weird time just like to Constantine. make a Yeah. Like, and, and I think maybe some are, but who knows? I guess nowadays with. So if anybody knows. Please let us know. Yeah. We have no fucking clue. Well, some of the religious centers I've been to in my life, they do lock the door eventually, but they do stay open pretty late at some, but eventually I think there is like a final lockdown. At the like end closing of the night. hours? Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I mean, this is also, you know, nowadays there's so many crazy things going on. Everybody's just trying to be safe too. So right. who knows? But yeah. So, right. So he's 
Go ahead. Oh, no. I'm just about to say that, yeah, he's locked out. And somehow, um, does it get hit by lightning or something? So but there's something... a spire at the top of the mm-hmm. of the, of the the church. And the, the spire gets hit by lightning. Right. And, and breaks and stuff. Father Brennan looks up and it comes and it fucking impales him. Yeah. Which I don't know why he didn't just move a couple steps out of the he way. He was too busy screaming. He was. It took up all of his so time and effort. People have this fight for, or fright. Fight or <laughs> fright. Fight or flight. <laughs> or fight or flight or freeze. Sorry, I made noise. Yeah. I don't know about the freeze one, but you're no, right. No, some people do freeze. Right. The freeze is like a new one that they had to add to oh, that. Oh, did they? Yeah. So it's so. fight, flight, or, or freeze. freeze. Right? Because some people run, some people sit there and do something about it. And what are the other some other people pissed their pants. They freeze. This up. is what yeah. he did. He froze. And so he gets impaled. By the spire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that sucks. Yeah. But not in a way that uh, people got impaled, like, say, in the last movie In we Cannibal watched. Holocaust. Yeah. No, this is like, it came down, and it came through his clavicle, down, like, the outside of his opposite hip. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Um, so, back at home at the Thorn residence, um, Kathy is having issues, and she's, like, freaking out because she's, like, she has... Damien making fucking annoying ass sounds. For her being a mom, too, I thought at that point in time in the movie, I was like, damn, she just does not like her. Like, she wants the kid, but she wants it all to be on her terms. In other words, you've got a child and he's making noise and he's being obnoxious and you can't do anything to put him in his place. And all she does is say something like, oh, he's bothering me. Get him out of here or whatever, you know? Yeah. Like, so she has Miss Baylock like, take him out. But Robert gets there and he's like, he's just playing. He's just playing. But there's a fine line between, you know, letting your child be creative and being themselves and being spirited, let's say, and then your kid being a fucking asshole. And it's not the kid's fault if they're an asshole. It's your fault if it's an asshole because you need to set parameters and, and rules for your child. Mm-hmm. Right. So anyway, there are so, no bad kids. There are just bad circumstances. Right. Well, the mother thinks Except that, for this kid because he's a devil. Yeah, right. So she really can't stand him and wants him out of there. And it's just, you yeah. know, and she's all in like, she's too stressed out right now. She's just yeah, like, which, she can't. Which does happen to mm-hmm. people, sure. you know, at, when they're parents. Especially if, if you're by yourself with a child all fucking day. And the child is in control, like is not is not um, listening to you whatsoever. Right. Uh, I get it, especially because, especially in her situation, because once Baylock takes Damien out of the room, we find out that she is asking Robert for an abortion. Yeah, because whoa, Kathy She's is apparently pregnant, pregnant again. <laughs> just like Father Brennan said, just like he foretold, mm-hmm. he will kill uh, your son is a devil. He will kill your unborn child. Then he will kill your wife. Yep. And so Robert doesn't want to have the abortion. So, but so she's going to a therapist, and the therapist like, "Oh, we need your husband's consent to get an abortion," which is fuck that shit. Anyway, I'll go under that rant later <laughs> when we get to the movie Teeth. And <laughs> so the um, the next scene is Robert with the therapist, and Robert saying, "No, it was for." Uh, he's, he's like, "This is why she doesn't want the baby. She feels like Damien's not even her kid." And that's when you're like, oh, well, she, you know, she's not fucking wrong. And then um, he's like, no, it was foretold that this baby was not going to survive. I need this baby to survive. 
And that's where we're like, oh, well, that's why he wants that. Right. Yep. Yep. And while all of this is happening back at home. Right. I think uh, so is now now is when um, uh, Damien is like riding his little bike around the house and. The mom is like trying to, what is she doing? She's on top of a chair trying so, to like. No, so she's like watering the plants and yeah. she's like upstairs um, on the hallway and there's like a rail and you can see the downstairs and she's watering plants and then, you know, kind of cleaning up, like you clean up the dead leaves or whatever. And Damien is in his bedroom behind a closed door with Baylock and he's on a tricycle doing Circles. fucking donuts yeah. in his in his bedroom <laughs> rug and just going faster and faster yeah. and faster like a dog chasing his tail or something like yeah. that yeah and then um so Kathy she like breaks something in one of the plants so she gets a stool and is like standing on top of the stool on the um look, uh, reaching up to the plant cuz it's a high plant and she's next to the railing on the second fucking floor. Mm-hmm. And that's when Baylock opens the door and kind of lets him loose. Yeah. And she and Damien share this like fucking evil smile. Death, death. Let's do this, bro. And and he like speeds all the way to where she is. He rams, rams into the, the leg of the chair yeah. and sends her over the, the banister. Yeah, yeah banister. <laughs> and she's holding on and then he's just looking at her. And then she falls, and she falls all mm-hmm. the way down, and you just hear. Yeah, she tries to make an attempt to get up, but she can't get her not leg up over the thing, and she's uh, uh, she can't get her leg up over the thing, and she starts to slip and fall, and bam! And I thought she died. I thought, I thought oh, she died shit. too because like her body's going one way, and her, yeah, head's her neck's the going other. the other way, and I was like, damn, this kid killed his mom. Well, and then also like she happened to have goldfish there too, like she had. She moved the goldfish bowl onto the banister so that she can use the stool it was on to reach the plant. And those goldfish were also on the floor. However, um, PETA, don't protest this one, those were sardines that were painted gold because the director didn't want to kill any fish. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, um... I wrote, she did. (laughs) Yeah, I I I wrote, maybe not, though, afterwards. Right. She's not dead. Um... We go to the doc. We go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Robert rushes to the hospital, and the doctor tells him she'll recover, right. but she lost the baby. She has had a concussion, and she's got internal bleeding and a broken humerus. Right. Yeah, and she lost the child because in the she fall. wasn't very funny. <laughs> right. She wasn't. Uh, so yeah, that was uh, you know. Yeah, and he goes to her. Robert goes to her, and she whispers to him, "Don't let him kill me." Because she knows something's She fucked. knows, yeah, something. Yeah. Um, Robert, um, at this point in time, I think he ends up going back and meeting up with the photographer, Jennings, because he's finally developed his pictures. Well, kind of. So he's back home. He goes back home, and he sees that the fucking dog is there again. Right? Yeah. And he's like, I can't deal with this shit right now. He gets a call from Jennings. Okay. I believe he got a call from Jennings. Yeah. Who was like, look at the paper. He sees the paper, sees that the doctor was, that the priest was impaled. He goes to meet Jennings. Right. That's right. He wants to tell him that the priest was impaled because. uh, And he says, it's about you and the death of the priest. Mm -hmm. 
So, so, so Jenny and Robert meet and that's when he presents him with those pictures and the pictures that he has like portray how somebody's going to die. And so, for example, he shows a picture of the nanny and it's a picture taken before she hung herself and you can see a very defined noose around her neck. Right. Which could have been just whatever. Yeah. The second one was two different pictures of Father Brennan. If you remember, he took two pictures of him, one when he was leaving the embassy the first time and the other one when he was leaving the rugby match. Mm -hmm. And those of them, he had like this something, like this stick through him. Right. And he happened to be impaled the same way. Right. And so he's like, Robert, I want to help you figure out what's going on. He tells him what the priest told, Robert tells him what the priest told him. And he goes, "I, I need to help you. And Robert's like, why? And he's like, I took this picture of myself. And it's a picture of him like, dead Mm -hmm. so he's like i'm in this to win this Mm -hmm. and then at some point in time i think robert looks at him says i don't know whose son i'm raising yeah that's powerful yeah that's powerful so they go to the um they go to the priests to father brennan's um quarters where he lived it was like an apartment as close to the church as possible and that's where we find out that it is covered, like it's wallpapered with pages from the Bible, like floor to ceiling. Like even the ceiling, I think, was covered. And throughout his entire apartment, he had 47 crucifixes. Hmm. Crucifixi? Whatever it is. I don't know. And a diary about Robert Thorne's schedule. This day, this day and time he did this. This day and time he did that, which is fucking creepy That's creepy, shit. yeah. Um. So I also, there's another character here I think that we're presented with that I'm a little confused and I'm not sure if I'm just getting it mixed up with Mrs. Blaylock, but there's also a Mrs. Horton, isn't there? Oh, Mrs. Horton is the housekeeper. Right, right, right. She's the housekeeper, the other ladies like the uh, baby's nanny or whatever you want to call her. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because um, that's who, uh, that's who, yeah, who was there to help. Before. Right. Yeah. So, so I guess uh, Mrs. Horton leaves, and the dog's also gone too for a period of time. Or well, something like that. almost. So, so okay. So, there's one more thing that I want to mention about the okay. Father Brennan's place. He has the astrology charts or something from five years ago, when there was a phenomenon, and where the comet that went through the sky changed its shape. That comet passed. And changed shape the day Damien was born. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And um, and that's something like it's an event that doesn't happen often. It's like something mm-hmm. that happens every, I don't know how often. but Yeah. And that's when Robert says, I don't know whose son I'm raising. Go check. Those are the dogs. Oh my god, is it? Alright, so sorry about that, y'all. Um, we just had another omen curse moment, which we will tell you about. Fuck, that's crazy. <laughs> we'll tell you about it in a second. Uh, let's go finish through the movie as best we can, and then I will talk to you about the curse of the omen. <laughs> I think it's very relevant, though. The little kid upstairs is the one who... I think I lost my phone. Can you, do you think you can grab it? I think I may have left it over there. You know, it's it's the little kid that Bella doesn't like. 
Okay. So here's the deal. The omen has a curse. And I'll tell you about the curse. During the filming of the omen, all this fucking shit started going wrong. And I'll run through them really quick. As I know you're itching to say what happened just now. The man who created the omen warned everyone that the film would be cursed. Gregory Peck's son committed suicide two months before filming started. Wow, that's rough. Designer John Richardson was in a car accident that decapitated his passenger, just like one of the scenes in The Omen. An animal trainer hired to keep the cast and crew safe from the angry baboons was killed by a tiger. Lightning struck airplanes containing cast and crew members on three separate occasions. A group of trained Rottweilers suddenly attacked a stuntman for real, injuring him, and um, the cast and crew nearly got blown up on two separate occasions thanks to the IRA. (laughs) Wow, okay. An airplane the crew hired for an aerial shot was rented to someone else, and with the other people on board, it crashed, killing many of them as it flew into a flock of birds though the plane had some systems to be able to monitor such things. A stuntman nearly died after falling off of a building on his next film and claims that he felt like he was pushed. This one may not be like a curse, but that cathedral cathedral that was the hospital slash church. Yeah. um, It's been a crime scene and and it uh, scares the locals. (laughs) Okay. So... Us, as far as the omen curse, as far as our podcast for this episode, we've been trying to record this four or five times. Something always happens. Something pulls us away um, or, you know, just shit happens. Right now, we're in the middle of recording it. And what happened, Stefan? Well, uh, while we were talking, I kept hearing a noise in the other room, like as if it was water dropping. And in my head, I'm thinking like somebody's taking a piss out there, but it didn't stop. It kept going. You thought it was a dog. (laughs) I thought, well, no, not even because I knew that it wouldn't. But yeah, in my head, I'm thinking, okay, maybe the dogs are taking a piss or somebody else or what? What's going on here? Because it's just water I'm hearing. You thought it was maybe like the paw paws on the uh the dogs the dogs paws on the on the wood floor but uh so we open the door and what happens the bathroom water is pouring down from the ceiling and (laughs) and leaking into the bathroom floor through uh, a heater that's in the ceiling yeah (laughs) that's so stupid (sighs) so the upstairs neighbors apparently um, a 19-year-old is watching a 3-year-old. The 19-year-old fell asleep. The 3-year-old turned on the tub and flooded their entire apartment. Jesus. <laughs> and we just only got the bathroom. What's this little kid's name upstairs? Damien? <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what? When we moved into this place, this is like our third year here, we moved in and we immediately gave the upstairs kids the name... Murder kids. Murder kids. Because they sound like Chucky footprints, foot, footsteps, all fucking day and night, running the entire length of the apartment. We call them the murder kids. You know that. Yeah. Um, and that one kid is the one that you're, you know, that Bella barks at all the time. Yeah. She, he, um, 
yeah, whatever. I don't know. I, I'm still baffled by this whole situation. It's just crazy. But yeah, so that's fun. We actually, I think uh, we stopped the recording for a second here, but the backup recording was still going. So we might be able to include some behind the scenes footage of the panic of water <laughs> and us figuring out what's going on. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> okay, so where were we? Um, um, I we we were, do, 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 we were talking about. Okay, they joined forces. Robert and the and uh, the photographer guy, right? Yeah, Robert and Jennings joined forces because um, Jennings saw his own photo and he sees he's gonna die. Right. Yeah. So he sees his own photo, and and now the. The things that are in the picture were not in the frame, obviously, but they're also kind of like, it's not like you see a dagger sticking into somebody, but you, but you depicts, see what looks like, um, like a flaw in the film. Right. Like maybe the film, there's like, right, yeah. like a scratch mark right. on so it. So like with the priest, there was a line that was like going mm-hmm. through his shoulder and then it, so the same way he mm-hmm. got impaled basically. Right. So that's when we find out what's the housekeeper's name? Mrs. Horton. Mrs. Horton. So, okay. So, um, Robert tells goes to the hospital, tells Kathy, hey, I'm leaving for a little bit. Stay stay at the hospital. They even switch her to a different room or something like that. And then he goes to go tell um, Mrs. Horton um, that, you know, to take care of Damien or whatever. And then Miss Baylock is there and he's like, what the fuck? Where's Miss Horton? He's like, she's like, oh, he left. She left and her husband left. Everybody's gone. It's just me. Yeah. But don't worry. I can manage. Right. And he's like, I'm going to attend to this when I get back. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so Robert and Jennings head off to Italy, Rome specifically. Yep. And, and they go find the hospital where that um where Damien was born. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They they trying to get to the root source of the problem. And they're that... kind of arguing with the taxi driver. Mm-hmm. Um and they're like they're like, No, 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 this is it because it looks different because it burned down five years ago. Remember Damien had his fifth birthday right and there was so somebody also says something about the devil's child will rise from the world of politics do you remember who said that yeah that was father brennan okay father brennan yeah when they met right i I was getting confused because they go to see this other priest in rome right okay so here's what happens um when they get to the hospital they go and they question the nuns that work there as nurses and they're like well no it burned down five years ago you know and they're like well you have to have some records of the adoption we don't do adoptions here but you did an adoption here because that's where i got my son so something is shady right off the bat Mm -hmm. because they don't even do adoptions there right so they um they learn that the fire started in the records room so they have absolutely nothing. So they're like, oh, did somebody survive? Did anybody survive? And it turns out that Father Spoleto, Spoleto is the only survivor or, or one of the only survivors, but he's on the other side of fucking Italy or Rome or whatever. Right. I think he was also burned in the fire or something like and that. That's right? who they go see. Um, that's who they go see. Right. Yeah. He's all kind of like yes. old and decrepit and burnt mm-hmm. and struggling. Or so whatever. they go and they they find him in this monastery where he's like has an oath of silence or something because he's trying to do penance for his evil ways, which would have been switching out this baby for the devil, for the Antichrist. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so they try to get some information out of him they don't get much he doesn't speak or anything but he does have the ability to write 
a word using like a rock or a stone or a piece of coal like or something charcoal, like that. Yeah. yeah. And he writes servete, C-E-R-V-E-T-E. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means, but well, apparently there—that's the name of an old cemetery, oh, right, yeah, and that's where they're directed the to. Yeah, and so and then he dies right after that. Yeah, he? and so the—I don't know—I don't know if he dies, but the the one priest that was there, kind of guiding them along during their interaction with this uh, Spiletto. Yeah, Father Spiletto. Spiletto uh, tells him that um, he's blind. Oh, he's burned and mute. Um, because he he fell from grace. That's like symbolic of having fallen from grace, uh, meaning he had abandoned Christ. And that's where we learned that he's doing his penance there. Gotcha. So um, Father Spoleto guides them to the cemetery where they go and, and they finally find, you know, they, they have to jump a fence to get in there. Yeah, yeah. so that's what Robert and Jennings end up finding this Cervete Cemetery. They jump the fence and they start searching this graveyard. Um, and they come across um, a Maria and a Bambino Schiana, I think is the names. Yeah, so there's two plots side by side. Yeah, and um, so Bambino would be... Baby. The baby. And then Maria would be the mother. Right. So they dig up the mother. Yeah, they dig up the fucking grave. They don't give a they shit. They dig up the grave. They take <laughs> off. It, it only has like this stone lid or whatever. Right. They yeah. remove that. And then they, they see that it's uh, a dog. A dog skeleton. So when he said, the mother was a jackal. It's a jackal. Oh, okay. Right. But jackal is kind of uh, like, like a, a dog. dog coyote yeah. kind of thing, yeah. Which could explain the Rottweilers, and then um, and then they dig up the baby, and they dig up the, the baby. They see that the baby has a big old chunk of his skull missing. Yeah, it is a baby's skeleton and it's in just, that grave. It's so. just a baby skeleton. There's no casket. There is yeah. nothing adorning it. It's just the skeleton in like the fetal position almost, and. A big old chunk missing, and Robert is so distraught. He's like, they just killed him. Yeah. They like just bashed his head in. That's his real kid. Because that's his son. Yeah. That's his baby. Yeah. And then he can't even have time to mourn because the Rottweilers appear. Yeah. All like the meanwhile, while they're digging them. up the grave, they're being watched. You don't see at first. You can hear a dog panting or whatever, but you don't see them. You just see the view from the dog's point of view, I mean. And... And and then yeah, so there's they're just watching silently as they're mm-hmm. digging up the grave, um, and then the dogs start to kind of like come forward a little bit more, mm-hmm. think, you know. And they advance on them, and they're r- trying to run, but it's okay. So they're getting fucking attacked by dogs at yeah, this point. Yeah, straight up. The dogs and they're fighting them. They're running. Uh, Robert is able to jump the fence, but his arm gets caught on caught, one of those yeah. uh, spokes. What is it? The, yeah, the little spikes at the top of the fence. Yeah, and it's it. like gone through his bicep. Right, yeah. And he's stuck. And then Jennings is getting mauled by dogs. Yeah. And then he's finally able to go over. It's funny that you mentioned that one of the trainers got mauled for real because of whatever. And I thought maybe they used some of that footage because the... They looked like they were really getting attacked by a pack of Rottweilers in some of the scenes. They were, you know, mm-hmm. either they were stuntmen. But even that, I thought it wasn't stuntmen for, you know. It looked what, really good. Yeah, it looked good. And, and I feel like it was the actors themselves. I mean, it could be stuntmen, you know. I didn't know. I don't know why people fucking wanted Rottweilers after this fucking movie. It's, it's scary. 
That's not the omen curse. What That's was that? The cat jumping and then the dog sniffing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. All so, right. um, finally, Jennings gets over the fence and he helps uh, Robert pull his arm out of that thing where you're just like, oh, gross, yuck. Yeah, right? yeah. It. Yeah, he had to like lift his arm up back through and then pull it they out. They get in of the, the car yeah. and they jam out of there. Yeah, they get the fuck out of there quick. Um, Back at the hospital. Yeah. Now, Robert calls Kathy at this point in time, right? And he's basically telling her, you need to listen to me. Don't ask any questions, but I need you to fucking leave. <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's important. Sometimes he's, he's you got to know him. when the man says, just listen to me. This is what you got to do. It's no time for asking questions. It's serious shit. But why? <laughs> Look at you. Right. here's the thing. He calls her and says, hey, some shit is going down. I'm sending my friend from the embassy to go get you. Get your shit together and let's go. And you know what she's like? Bet. And go, gets ready. Um, she because can, she yeah. can sense the urgency. She, yeah, it's not because she, she has to listen to the man. It's just no, she can no, sense she the urgency. The urgency yeah. She's already fucking scared out of her mind. Mm-hmm. And she thinks her son's going to kill her. I think so, she doesn't. She doesn't necessarily resist, but she kind of also says Understands the severity. But she, I think she says something like, well, let me do this first or something. But then he's like, no, the dude's on his way right now or something like so that. So she's, she's like, like okay, I'll get I'll ready. I'll get ready. Yeah. No, she <laughs> says, specifically, she says, I'll try to get ready by the time he gets here. Something like yeah. that. And I was thinking like... <laughs> She's just, you know, I mean, come on, it's urgency, get ready, be ready. I'm thinking like she's already making an excuse on why she's going to be procrastinating. <laughs> okay, she has a fucking arm she gotta in do cast. Her, she's got to do her hair and her makeup and all that, she make sure she looks arm good. In cast. She's probably going to not have him pick her up in a fucking nightgown because it's <laughs> oh, indecent no. at that time. She has her... Um, her arm in a cast as if she's waving hello in a pageant. You know, like, how is she supposed to get ready? So, um, so she's trying to, trying to take her, her nightgown yeah. up over her head and, you know, just to get dressed. She's like, fuck it, I'm getting ready. And then she hears somebody behind her and we see a figure, like, through her nightgown. Mm-hmm. We see a and silhouette of somebody. And Peter, it's whoever was supposed to come get her. Alan. Was it Alan? I think so. It is <laughs> fucking Baylock. Baylock. And you know what she does? Yeah, I know what she does. What does she do? She throws her Kathy out the fucking window. Out the fucking window and lands, boom. Right on top onto of a, a car. A car, or maybe it was an ambulance or a car that was parked right mm-hmm. outside the hospital. She did. So now we know she's, she's dead. She's dead for real this yes, time. For reals. Um, and and then so Robert is awaiting his friend to go pick yeah. her up. A friend gets so he's there. he's by the phone. And he, yeah, exactly. So the friend gets there and, and obviously knows what's happening. And so he then calls Robert. So we see Robert answering the phone thinking it's going to be Kathy and him getting away and we're safe. But no, it's the friend saying, um, sorry, bro, but your wife is dead. She did. And Robert is like, what the fuck? He like, you know what? And he did such a good job in this movie because he, you feel his pain. You feel everything. He like curls up on the bed like, mommy, come help me. Because he is fucking feeling the loss of his wife, which is beautiful in so many ways. Because you don't see that kind of raw tenderness Mm -hmm. in men in a lot of these movies in horror movies specifically right so that was really beautiful to see 
that's when um well that's when he really wants fucking damien to die now because now he's pretty convinced that this is all tied into his damien he doesn't know that he absolutely has to kill him yet he knows he's gonna go see mr babadook what's his name (laughs) boogenhagen (laughs) (laughs) mr boogenhagen so they go and they find this guy and he's somewhere else it's a town of Mesedon or something like that. And he's this architect, maybe? I don't know. An architect, sorry. Archaeologist or something. I don't know. He They find him and he dismisses Jennings and says, I need to talk to Robert in person. Yeah. And Jennings he tells is like, him, all right, whatever. Well, all right, then, asshole. And he goes and wanders, <laughs> right? And he literally wanders through caves. Um, and so, Booten Common. Bugenhagen. <laughs> Bugenhagen tells Robert. Your son is the son of the devil. He's not your child. Um, This was foretold and whatever the poem is again Mm -hmm. or whatever. And he says, he he shows him these knives, a set of knives, and he places them like an altar, like stabs them onto it and says, you need to do this on sacred, on holy ground. And you need to start off with this knife and then you need to kill him in this way so that you're able to stop all of this. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and who's going to remember that? He didn't have a phone to record it. He didn't have paper. Well, he also is get, becoming skeptical again. Because he's like, how do I know? Yeah. He's like, ah, but this is it's a your kid. Proof. Right. And he really isn't believing him because even after he leaves and then he goes back and sees Jennings again, he's like, oh, this guy wants me to kill well, this so kid. So he tells oh, them the crazy. way that you can find out is because he will have the mark of the beast on him somewhere. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, three sixes yep and and robert says that can't be i bathed him i it's bathed my, him he's my child and right. he's like well then it would be under his hair mm-hmm. which makes sense yep so um robert leaves and he and jennings is trying to get it out of him he's like you well, at least tell me what he's got to say you know and robert doesn't want to tell him not to be too technical but when the kid was born though aren't babies born with like very little hair well, my kids were born with a full head of hair. Like, oh, Xander literally looked like he had a, a faux hawk. Shoot, it I depends don't know. on the kid, I, I really. Don't know about kids. I just and, thought that they had thin hair then. You'd probably be able to see it. No, but. I mean, it depends on your family lineage. Like, my kids were born with full heads of hair. All right. Well, then answer me this. But as a I would mom, have felt a fucking 666. Right. As like, a mom, at one point in time. It looked like it was time, burned or scarred into their Don't head. you think you would have been combing his hair and be like, what the fuck is this? She didn't do it. Baylock did it. I get that, but I'm saying somebody. Before Baylock, somebody else did it. Well, you're right. I'm just That's saying somebody should have noticed that. But That's why right. it's perfect. Give it to give the child to be raised by somebody who doesn't give a shit about it. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, okay. So, anyways, so yeah, now he knows. All right, I guess I gotta look, check this kid's hair for right. for the mark of the beast. So he, Jennings is trying to tell him, get him to say, it, tell him what. Um, Bogenhagen. Bogenhagen told him. And finally he's like, he wants me to kill my child. A child. Yeah. A child. A child. Like, not even my child anymore. <laughs> a child. And he's like, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. And he gets the set of knives that he had given him and, and throws, throws them. them. Mm-hmm. And Jennings like, well, if you're not going to do it, then I'm going to do it. And he goes over to like this dirt, like a ditch almost where he, um, where there's construction going on because that's where the knives fell. And he's picking them up. And we see a certain thing set in motion. Mm-hmm. It's like... Um, we see somebody getting out of... A, a worker getting out of his work truck. Yeah. And I guess the parking brake fails and the car starts sliding backwards towards where Jenny is. Yeah. And then... He's got... It's like it's, a pickup truck something? Yeah. And there's something on the and back And there's like bed. a big old plate of glass. Glass, yeah. Like a, and mm-hmm. he hits a... The, the truck hits a stop somewhere. The glass goes flying, flying. and 
He completely decapitates Jennings. Off with his head. The best decapitation scene in cinema history. What? Like, it is so fucking good. Uh, you think that? Because you think so? it slices it off perfectly. And then his head goes flying and just... Oh. And then it lands on its side. And then it looks just like him when it's just looking at you like this. I'll, I'll say that it was up there. I don't know if it was the best in all movie history. What other history. decapitation scene do you remember at this moment without thinking too much? Well, this one because it's right there in the front of my head. But I mean, like, there's tons of decapitation what, scenes. What, the like, Resident Evil decapitations? The guy that gets cut up in cubes? That one I'll probably give you. I mean, people get decapitated in Game of Thrones and stuff too, right? I mean, isn't that how they kill Ned Stark? They chop his head off? That was an emotional one. I'm just saying, I, I, if you really want, that's a whole nother topic. If we wanted to get into the top five best decapitations in movie history, I'm sure there's a few others that could compare. But this one was good. It you was mean Jamie Lee sl- Curtis taking off the wrong head in <laughs> Halloween H2O? I don't, I don't know. I'm not saying that that's better or worse. I'm saying that I don't know if this is the best one. I can't think of one off the top of my head. So if by those standards you want to call it the best, I'll, I guess I'll Fine. agree with you. But. One of my favorite decapitation scenes. <laughs> is go. that better? Yeah, there you go. Anyway. If anybody else out there knows of a better decapitation scene, let us know. You just want me to be wrong. Oh, I know. The Serbian film. <laughs> I'm going to watch that movie. You're, you're not around re- all the time. You're going to regret it. Don't say I didn't warn you. All right, moving on. Mm. Hagen. I just wanted to say that again. <laughs> <laughs> so all Jennings right, so gets back decapitated. On the plane. Right. Yeah, back on the plane, Robert has the knives with him, but he's also alone in this plane. Yeah. You, he like it, They make a point to show that right next to him where Jennings was on the way to Italy is empty and then it pans around the entire airplane and it's fucking empty yeah luckily and it's just like it's just like alone and abandoned and just still yeah luckily it's the 70s so he can bring knives Not on airplanes back there. then um you know otherwise this movie would come to a halt really quickly but yeah. anyway so robert's going home he's got his knives with him and when he gets home there's the fucking dog. The fucking dogs the there. The dog hears him and he hears the dog's footsteps. Mm-hmm. And so the dog's like going down to to go see him. And Robert is um and Robert is talking about not talking about. He's like I'm going to fucking get this dog. And he lays up up like a like a trap for him. Mm-hmm. And he gets the dog to go downstairs into the cellar and yeah. he locks him in. Yep. The dog can't do anything about it. He doesn't have opposable fucking thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the, he locks the dog away and, um, yeah, blocks him from coming back up the stairs. Mm-hmm. So now it's just him and Damien. And Balok. Or so, yeah, so he thinks. But So yes. he goes into his bedroom and he kind of gets sad over the bed that he shared with his wife. And he's just so hurt. And then he makes his way over to the dresser and pulls out scissors pair of scissors yeah because mm-hmm. boy you about to get a haircut mm-hmm. <laughs> he gets to he goes into damien's room which has access to baylock's room and so he kind of closes baylock's door and he stands over um he stands over damien and he starts clipping his hair and kind of like just behind one of his ears and he cuts and cuts and cuts and there you see it six 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 yep the number of the beast. The mark of the beast. Now, let's talk about 666 for a second. Because 
I don't know. I just know that old people always say that, yeah, 666 is the number of the beast. You know, like Iron Maiden made a song about it. Like it's always been known to be, uh, you know, connected with uh, Satan and devil worship and all that. Right. But that's, in my opinion, I think only from a Catholic slash Christian point of view, because the two other major religions, well, the, the ones that, you know, yeah, Jew, Judaism and Christ, um, Islam, neither one of those have anything to do with 666. Like, they talk about the devil all the time. There's actually a lot of, from what I know, there's a lot of similarities between those three major religions. In that aspect? Not in the 666 aspect. In Devils? Yeah, devil, antichrist, some of those type of things, whatever. But, you know, again, like if you were to talk to a Jewish person or a Muslim person, they're not going to, 666 has no meaning to them, in other words. So I got this definition of 666 off of Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. And I'll read it to you. Okay. Yeah. Wikipedia, the most trusted source for all information. They cite their sources. <laughs> <laughs> At the close of Revelation, uh, which discusses the beast, the Antichrist, and his false prophet, we read, This calls for wisdom. Let the one who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is a number of a man, and his number is 666. That's Revelation 13, 18. Yeah. Somehow, the number 666 is a clue to the identity of the beast. Revelation 13 also mentions the mark of the beast, verses 16 through 17. And popular and popular thought often links 666 with the mark. However, the mark of the beast and 666 appears to be two different things. The mark of the beast is something people must receive in order to buy and sell. The number 666 is somehow associated with the beast slash antichrist as his number. So it doesn't even, it's not, I mean, I think a lot of it is just mythology brought up by pop culture, by things just like yeah, the Omen. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, Because I don't feel like that there's any real significance to the number, especially if you look at it from other, you know, um, religions point of view. Like, here's an example. If you eat a steak here it's no big deal you just eat a steak right but if you go over to india you eat a steak you're kind of like going to hell because they worship the cow so it's just perspective it's where you are at the time i mean we can get into religion all day all day or day i'm from the school of thought of just don't be a fucking dick to one another and you're good to go well yeah i'm not trying to get into the whole the the, the only part I'm just trying to say is I think that one religion could argue with the other religion that that has nothing to do with this story, even though there's similarities to it. I don't know. I'm just saying they they, they get the um, well, have you ever heard? So in Damien itself, when I was young, I thought that that was also like a, um, a, a nickname for the devil or something like that. But maybe it was because of based around this movie. And I, I think was young. so too. And the fact that it sounds like demon. Mm-hmm. But then Lucifer also is, is also a Lucifer. But isn't Lucifer the name of the devil, the, uh, of the angel that was cast down from heaven? I don't know. But I thought that also, again, as a child, these are little like rumors and things that I heard that like Lucifer and Damien were like evil names and they represented like the devil or that was the devil's name of some sorts or whatever. Well, I thought Lucifer was something like the light bringer or something like that. But let me see. Let me look it up really quick. I used to know this kid in school whose name was Damien. And I was, you know, I'm talking about like 
second grade, something like that. And I always thought that he was like the son of the devil because I was like, oh my God, why would his parents name him Damien? That's so bad. That's evil. He must be an evil child. And all, all in all, it's just a name. Well, back in my day, it was uh, Malachi. Malachi? From Children of the Corn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you know any Malachi's in real life? Yeah, my friend Danny named his son Malachi. Oh, okay. Uh, all it says is Lucifer is a religious figure usually associated with Satan. Louis Cipher? Louis Cipher. That's my hip-hop name. Oh, my God. I'm going <laughs> to kick your butt. No, that's from a different movie. I think Angel Heart or... Um... Or if not Angel Heart, uh, Devil's Advocate, maybe? I don't know. That's the one with Al Pacino? Yeah, but I think it's not... I can't... That's what I mean. One's with Robert De Niro, one's with Al Pacino. And in one of them, one of, them one of them's is, name is Louis Cipher. That's funny. I would like that. <laughs> um, anyway, so at this point, he sees the mark of 666 on his hair. And he is like, oh, shit. And he's trying, he's about to go for him. We don't know what he's going to do for him, but he's going to go for him. And he gets attacked by Baylock. Yep. She jumps on his back and she puts up one hell of a fucking yep. fight. So, and you know what I can appreciate about this fight scene? What? You realize how hard it is to fucking hit somebody. Mm, what do you mean by that? Like, it's this movie is more realistic in that aspect. If you punch somebody... It's not going to knock them out as soon as you punch them. Well, it's going to hurt and you're going to be like, oh, and you're going to stumble a little bit. But they'll come right back at you. I mean, that it depends felt, on who and where you're getting punched. I mean. No, this is what I'm saying is it felt more realistic of a fight because she's punching, he's punching, she's biting him. He's getting affected by it. It's not just Ooh, me, macho man. I punch woman, woman fall down. Sure. She put up a fight. Um. But in a realistic way, have you ever been in a fight where you um, are punching somebody for longer than one punch? Well, like, yes. If you're in a if you're in a fight, you punch somebody, they're not out for the count. No, but there they're, are places you can if you're trained in martial arts, you know that. But there's these two are. people are not oh. trained. Let's take aside your fucking martial art experience. But you could get this, lucky. No, that's not that. But just like punch somebody in the solar plexus or in the temple or in the nose directly. I'm saying, like, you don't need to be a martial artist. You you just... Okay, go back to your, what you're saying. I understand that. I did Krav Maga. I get it. Here's what I'm saying. On the street, people who never fucking took a class, like just a regular everyday person, goes to hit somebody, they're not going to aim for these intentionally. And And if you've ever been in a fight like... For example, I've been in fights where I've had to fight for my fucking life. And worst case scenario, you're fucking just swinging all fucking everywhere because you want to try to protect your face at the same time. You want to make sure that they don't reach for, in my case, reach for the gun. You know, you don't want them to come into these, into these, um, uh, with these other weapons. So you're fucking punching and it's not as fucking easy. And I'm a pretty strong cookie. You know, right. it's not like, but what I'm saying is it felt very realistic right. to me. I completely it was more agree with you. Realistic. I completely agree with you on all of what you said. I'm Except. just saying. Well, I'm just saying that some, even somebody who's untrained can get lucky by accident and put somebody in the right that. place. And like, if you go watch like high school fight videos or all these little idiots that are posting fight videos online, World Star, all that bullshit, like 
people get lucky. Some people go boom, straight out cold, one punch. You know, I mean, it can happen. Does it happen very often? No. In this case scenario, that it's a movie. So what you're saying is that in a lot of other movies, there's a one punch and done type of scenario. Right. What I'm so saying is I appreciate one, that this one made it a little bit more real, realistic. Right. And Baylock put up one hell of a fucking fight. She, she was biting him. She was scratching him. She was on there until he fucking, she even grabbed onto his leg at one point, last ditch effort and bit him in the thigh. <laughs> yeah. And he like, then that's when he fucking slammed her into the wall with his leg. And you know, your legs are very, very powerful. So if that's going to do damage, it's going to be your legs. Yeah. And so that's when he's, she's kind of like out and dazed or whatever. And he gets Damien. Well, while they're scuffling, Damien runs a little bit first. She's like, run Damien. Yeah. And he hides behind a fucking chair. He runs chair. and hides. And then they kind of like, also scuffle and knock over like a bunch of knives or something in the kitchen or something like that? No, they're still upstairs at this point. Damien runs behind the chair in his own bedroom. He doesn't really do a good job running. Um, That's what happens when you don't teach your children discipline. (laughs) They don't do a good job listening to your rules. So he grabs Damien and Damien's screaming and fighting with him. And at some point they fall down the stairs. And that's when it looks like he kills Damien. Um, because he's all floppy and he's like being replaced by a doll at this point, I'm sure. Um, but he's all floppy and he's like even dragging him at one point when he gets to the bottom of the stairs and they're ha- because they had fallen down the stairs, he picks him up by one arm and starts walking towards, you know, towards that way, whatever that way is, which happens to be the kitchen. And when they get to the kitchen, that's when Miss Baylock comes right back yeah, out. She comes and that's back when out. she starts fighting with him again. Damien's knocked unconscious because of the fall. That's because why we think he's dead. And she um you know knives go flying everywhere they get somehow i don't remember and she gets a fucking a little it's like fork a steak thing. yeah like yeah. the steak fork and then the he, skewer or whatever he gets you call a skewer it not a skewer thing. but the one with the to the two prongs yeah she she gets that he gets a skewer and they're kind of like holding out each other's necks and at this point roberts and she's on top of him and he's laying on his back on the floor and he manages to get them both into her neck mm-hmm. and that's when she's kind of like yeah, she Done. breaks the handle off of She's one like, while it's trying to pull it out of her neck. But yeah, so she pulls one out, off. and you're like, "Oh, this bitch is fucking bad." <laughs> and then she tries to get the other one, and it snaps, and that's when she kind of is just gone. Yeah. So he gets Damien, throws him in his car, and and heads drives out, the fuck off, drives speeding. And I guess, I mean, it makes sense. There's like a checkpoint at the end of his home. And he doesn't stop. He, like, rushes right through it. And then there's a police chase. Mm-hmm. And we find out that he's actually going to the church because, duh, he has to mm-hmm. kill him on hollowed ground. I find it funny that in, in Britain at that time, there the the code for the cops was Panda. It was like Panda 4. What was it? Panda 4. Yeah. To, like, he was on the – so, so <laughs> I guess a black and white, like, you know, they call a black and white, do a drive-by over here. That's black it's like and white and red all over. A newspaper. A sunburned zebra. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that too. Um, so he goes to the church, and, and at this point, Damien, um, actually on his way to church, Damien regains consciousness, and he goes and and, and they go, uh, Robert takes him into the church, and he's like fighting him this whole time, and he puts him on the ground, like at the very front of the church. And he holds him down and he's a gets one of the knives and he's about to stab him. And then uh, we hear a cop and says, put that down or I'll shoot. And then Robert goes to thrust the knife into him. The police officer shoots. You, you 
I have the point of view of the bullet flying through the air. And then suddenly, it's a funeral. And there's yeah. two caskets. Yeah. There's two caskets. There's, um, because he's an ambassador, he has like this military send off. And, um, and they do the whole flag folding ceremony. And then, you know, the funeral's over, everybody disperses. A security guard or a police officer or some secret service person goes over to just, we see two people just standing there facing the, the, the coffin still. Mm-hmm. They haven't been lowered yet. And the secret service guy whispers, Mr. President, if you want to go, we should go now. And then they start heading out. Um, the the uh, president goes, okay, or something. And then we see the camera pan down a little bit further uh, lowered to the ground and we see that it's a child the child turns over to face the camera yep. and smiles the creepiest fucking smile ever Damien fucking survives Damien's still alive he smiles and the end mm-hmm. so Whew. wait but so who's the second body with Mrs. Blaylock's body Miss Baylock I mean um, Kathy and Robert oh yeah that's why they're buried together oh they're together. buried together okay yeah gotcha yeah why would he want to be buried next to that other bitch <laughs> <laughs> you know that's the showdown to the end no he's, he got buried with Jennings <laughs> right yeah so which now I, I'm starting to like I was thinking, like, well, where does it go from here? Because Damien is still two. alive, and so he must get adopted by a new family. Is that what's going to happen? I mean, I guess he would have to, because it doesn't seem like they had much family. I noticed that we always watch a lot of movies that have sequels or remakes, and now it's like... We in don't one watch way, those sequels. Right, but in one way, I want to binge watch the whole thing now. But then I feel like, uh, you know, that's not the way this podcast is going to work. Um, but, you know, like... It would be nice to be able to because I want to. I really want to do Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but I need like four episodes to dedicate to it because I want to do Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Then I want to do an episode for all of the sequels. Then I want to do an episode for all of the remakes, and then I want to do like a recap. It's a little bit, much, <laughs> and it's a lot. But, so, you know. but that's how it is. Like, there's a lot of the same thing for Halloween and Friday the Thirteenth and Nightmare on Elm Street. They yeah. all have these huge fucking franchises that we can't cover in one episode. Maybe we need to think about a format on how we would do something like that. So where like maybe we do like a marathon and we watch like the first three, four episodes. I don't know, but well it's, it's something we'll have to figure it out. Or we just do a We can do a marathon because I'm taking you this Saturday to Camp Void. Oh yeah? What's Camp Void? I told you about Camp Void. I'm <laughs> just playing. I know you told me. Aww. It's a movie marathon. We're gonna go see like seven hours of movies. Yeah, Maybe well, there's more. six movies. Six movies. So twelve hours of movies. Oh yeah, right. And I double booked us because after that we actually have to go see audition. Thirty-five millimeter. Yes. That'd be cool. Yeah, that'll be fun. Um, so we can do movie marathons. I mean, I took you with me to go do the triple feature. No, I know. I'm just saying that the amount of like diving into a movie we do, like it's almost like we wouldn't be able to touch on an. Uh, like a marathon, what are we going to talk about? Like two minutes of. Well, we like can each do movie? more like, broad strokes. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. We I think, can stroke I think, more broads. I, I think that we like. Yeah, we can definitely stroke some broads, but <laughs> edit. No, Keep um, it in. I think. That's what she said. I think what we need to do is just do what we're doing, and we will just review the movie as they go along. When we get into a movie that's part a sequel, and we've already done the first one, maybe we just um, we don't necessarily go do it like. We just do like a quick like recap, like a season recap, you know, like previously on. And then we just kind of say, you know, whatever it I is. I get it. I don't know. 
Something okay. like that. So, All right, so I really enjoyed this movie, and I know I say that about almost everyone except for Cannibal Holocaust so far. Santa sound great for me. <laughs> <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> I, I really did enjoy this movie. I think it's great. Um, I think it still holds up. I haven't seen the remake. Um, uh, I don't really want to. Yeah, I don't know much about the. I think that the little kid that I'm re- thinking of who played Damien to begin with, I think he's probably in the remake. Um, but who knows? Maybe not. Uh, the movie itself, I liked it, especially again for the times, the way it was put together. Um, you know, I thought that they overdid it with the, the theme song for the, the choir, the, uh, the kind of like hail Satan choir. Well, I like that part because that's the part that I remember the most before we started watching the movie, I was thinking, isn't it something bibidus? And I remember that. Well, th- what? It, yeah, but the thing. So the thing is that this is at a time where when they did have, I don't know if they still do this now, but what I do remember is like movies used to have like theme songs for particular, like not theme songs, but they'd have a theme for characters. For example, in Star Wars, every time Darth Vader walks on screen, they do the Imperial March, you know, um, and then like. Um, Scarface, the movie, for example, has the Tony theme and it has the Elvira theme and it has like, uh, so there's the, every time you see Elvira on screen in Scarface, they do the same or, or Gina too, his sister, like they have a certain theme for each one of these characters so that they come back to that. And I think that's the way the composers were working back then is that they, so they use this theme song. I don't understand what your complaint is. It was too many times. It was, oh, 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 like, all right, we heard it already. Give me some different scary music. It was like they kept repeating the same soundtrack part over and over again because they only had one theme for this scary, uh, diabolical devil Hail Satan song. I don't know. That's my complaint about it. I'm not saying it's a it was a bad thing per se. I think they just overdid it. But I could also say the same thing for Scarface, which is a movie I love, but you hear the same repetitive theme song they keep coming back to every time a certain person enters the screen i don't know that's that's my only thing of it i liked it i thought it was good it does kind of freak you out and okay well cool i don't know is there anything else that you said about it um probably i mean we don't we're not we never claim to be experts we just really enjoy them and we just want to share them um i really think that even though we you know spoiled the whole thing so to speak, people could still get a lot out of watching it. Right. And if you are doing this correctly, you probably would watch the movie before listening to the episode. Because, yeah, we're going to fucking talk about what happens in the movie. So Yeah, well, I mean, ideally, I would like for you guys to reach out and say, hey, I watched the movie. These were my thoughts. Or this is where you're way off, Stefan. And <laughs> I guess maybe Heidi to a certain extent. Yeah. But no, I really want some interaction. Like, let us know what we missed. Let us know trivia that we didn't touch on. Um, let us know if you happen to have accidentally watched it at four years old like we did, you know, or like I did. And uh, suddenly now you're, you know, all fucking crazy in the head like I am. It'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be fun. So what's next? Well, um, you we do this little secret thing again and just. No, like, I think I want to do hostel next week. Hostel? Mm-hmm. Okay. We I can, can use that. some good Eli Roth Levin. Eli Roth Levin. Okay. I mean, that's fine. I'm okay with Hostel. I've seen it, a, you know, not recently, but I've seen it a few times. And also this part two and three or whatever. Um, 
Yeah, sure. Whatever. Maybe we change our mind. Who knows? Okay. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for visiting us. Yeah. Tell a friend. Yeah. Finally, we got through this. Uh, the cursed episode. The cursed episode <laughs> of The Omen. Uh, please check out our site and sign up for our newsletter. Uh, we're at iscreampodcast.com. I-S-C-R-E-A-E. C-A-E-I-O-I-S-C-R-E-A-M podcast.com or you can email us directly at icecreamparlor.podcast at gmail.com let us know what we missed let us know what you like what you didn't like um, and give us suggestions on movies like we have a huge list but it's going to take us forever to get through all of them so if you have one you want to do let us know you have to um, well we have to add some more names to the list because we just happened to see um well there was that movie that was called veronica which i think veronica is something looks we should good watch. Mm-hmm. and then um oh, the other ones might be already on the list Some of, well, mother i don't know is that on the list with jennifer lawrence yeah i don't know because there's another one that's like hello mommy or something i think or hello mother or whatever that one's on the list but that's like a foreign film like i don't i think it's awesome yeah so we'll be updating the list Uh um we're also on instagram at i underscore scream underscore parlor we're on facebook and twitter at i at ice cream podcast um we'll also list all of this stuff in the show notes um so yeah watch the almost let us watch the omen let us know what you thought uh did you like it did you hate it did you think the remake was better well again thanks a lot and you'll hear from us soon signing off for now see ya Bye. Okay, bye.